एंड वेलकम बैक टू दी एंटीना पॉडकास्ट आर टॉपिक फॉर टुडे इज एलर्जिक राइनाइटिस एंड जस्ट इज ऑलवेज लेट्स नॉट टॉक अबाउट एनीथिंग एल्स बट आर टॉपिक एंड गो डायरेक्टली विद द डेफिनेशन ऑफ एलर्जिक राइनाइटिस इट्स अ क्लिनिकल हाइपर सेंसिटिविटी ऑफ द मेजल म्यूकोजार टू फॉरन सब्सटेंसेज मीडिएटेड थ्रू आई जी एंटीबॉडीज सो लेट मी ट्रांसलेट दिस फॉर यू इट इज नथिंग बट strong reaction of the nasal mucosa that means the inner lining of the nose to anything which it considers foreign anything which it any substance which it is not really used to that substance can range from uh, you know dust to uh, cat hair anything at all so when you say rhinitis now the word allergic rhinitis contains rhinitis so there are rhinitis has a definition criteria any of the two symptoms out of the four symptoms which i will be telling you about if the if they are present then it can be called rhinitis so a runny nose a nose block sneezing and itching even two out of these four symptoms are present then you can call it rhinitis now let us classify allergic rhinitis it is broadly classified into seasonal and perennial seasonal is of course as it the name suggests appears only when there is a particular season like for example when the pollen are more in the surrounding whereas perennial is its present throughout the year a good example of this would be dust allergies now there are aria guidelines which uh, help you help a person determine whether allergic rhinitis is intermittent or persistent similarly mild or moderate to severe so the the guidelines are that to call it to call allergic rhinitis intermittent it has to be for less than 4 days a week or for a total of less than 4 weeks as compared to persistent to call it persistent it has to be for more than 4 days for a week or it has to be for more than 4 weeks now when you're defining mild if a person has a normal sleep pattern normal work normal daily activities and no troublesome symptoms per se then that person can be categorized as mild allergic rhinitis but to call him moderate to severe allergic rhinitis he should have at least a disturbed sleep or uh, disturbed work or school environment or disturbed daily activities and troublesome symptoms which uh, hamper daily activities as such so the question remains that why some people get allergic rhinitis and some don't there is a genetic chromosomal association with uh, which is involved in it and there are certain chromosomes uh, which have been identified like the ip31 or 2p32 uh, these are chromosomes which when present make the person more susceptible to getting allergic rhinitis of course there is no way of really knowing this uh, in a very practical way because we don't end up testing these things but just to know that it does have a genetic association also the risk factors adolescent males are at a higher risk as compared to others people with iga deficiency are at a higher risk allergy is very often familial so if there is a family history anyone in your family of your blood relatives Uh, who have allergic rhinitis there is a very high likelihood that you may also develop allergic rhinitis not necessarily to the same product but allergy to some other product just the fact that you are prone to allergy is a way to say um uh, environmental factors like 
you know the place the person stays whether there are lots of pollutants irritants and uh, allergen in the surroundings the person's lifestyle also determines whether he or she is uh, prone to developing allergic rhinitis um uh, usually they say that i mean it has been proved by research that people who get infections in the early life that means in the first 9 months of life are protected from getting allergy in later life so actually that proves uh, productive for the future so let me enumerate some allergens which we know of uh, seasonal allergens like trees grass uh, pollen perennial like dust tender mites occupational like latex washing powder and even lab animals food and drug allergens like peanuts eggs uh, meat and fish so the pathogenesis very briefly summarizing the pathogenesis of allergic rhinitis usually it's an inhalation of the allergen the allergen uh, comes in contact with the nasal mucosa that is the inner lining of the nose this leads to production of ige which is an immunoglobulin e this immunoglobulin e uh, eventually causes the release of chemical mediators of inflammation to name them histamine heparin uh, pgd2 tnf alpha and thromboxane a2 are all responsible for causing an inflammatory process of the nasal mucosa so a little more into the details of this pathophysiology we can divide it into four phases a phase of sensitization and early reaction phase a late reaction phase and a systemic activation phase so the sensitization phase is when the allergen comes in contact with the mucosa of the nose and this causes uh, the antigen presenting cells to transfer this to the t cells and these t cells uh, cause and cause a production of interleukins and activate ige and this in total uh, causes the patient to get sensitized now for an early reaction phase this takes place within 24 hours and the instant reaction is the production of histamine pgd2 and leukotrienes all of these together cause an increase in the vascular permeability that means the uh, amount of blood flow that is taking place in the uh, inner lining of the nose and eventually leads to edema and inflammation of the inner lining of the nose the late phase is after 24 hours is when uh, certain cells in the blood they increase in number like eosinophils neutrophils basophils mast cells but eosinophils is the most important they increase a lot in number and they produce cytokines and these cause an increase in the vascular permeability again more uh, blood flow there and that eventually causes more uh, mucus secretion inside the nose the fourth phase that is the phase of systemic activation is when the allergy the allergen comes back in contact with the nose and that's when there is an increase in eosinophils and basophils are now being released by the bone marrow by produced by the bone marrow and they are then deposited in the nose as well as the lungs now the clinical features of uh, allergic rhinitis let us divide this into signs and symptoms let's start with symptoms um, in cases of seasonal allergy the symptoms are paroxysmal sneezing like about 10 to 20 bouts of sneezing obstruction of the nose like a nose block uh, watery nasal discharge and itching of the nose 
perineal is because of uh, perineal symptoms are uh, frequent colds a stuffy nose inability to smell and a, a drip a constant mucus drip in the back side of the nose dripping into the throat and because of this constant drip there's a constant sensation of hawking like <clears throat> this you know uh, feeling of wanting to clear the throat of its mucus secretions coming to the signs usually what we look at in a patient uh, of allergic rhinitis the patient has some of these signs not all of them it's not compulsory to have them all but some of them uh, they do have one thing is a, a congestion of the eyes so the eyes look a little more red very often there is watering of the eyes also uh, sometimes there is even a swelling around the eyes there's something known as a Danny Morgan fold that is there is a there is a fold like thing in which develops over the uh, lower part of the eyelid the lower eyelids and that's a very prominent fold sometimes is associated with a darkening of the skin around it so we can call it dark circles also but in allergic rhinitis it is called allergic shiners now because of constant rubbing of the nose there's a horizontal line which develops in certain people on the just above the tip of the nose and this is called an allergic salute similarly there's something called a darius line which is a crease at the tip of the nose and it is often associated with crusting now along with this there are other things also that need to be seen uh, like a pale and edematous uh, mucus lining of the nose when examined inside swelling of the turbinates uh, inside the nose and of course watery discharge thin watery discharge coming out of the nose um, on examination sometimes the ears are also blocked because this swelling of the entire nasal mucosa also causes swelling of the opening of the eustachian tubes and because of blocking of those opening of the eustachian tubes uh, the tympanic membrane or the eardrum gets pulled backwards because of negative pressure which is created inside the ear because of a constant drip in the throat of mucus sometimes the patient also has granular pharyngitis which is nothing but uh, pharyngitis because of irritation of the constant flow of mucus often a patient can also develop hoarseness of voice this is because of edema setting in or swelling of the voice box or because of constant need to clear the throat also causes overuse of the throat and that causes a hoarse voice and uh, many a times the patient also has uh, changes in the teeth which is orthodontic changes children suffering from allergic rhinitis can sometimes have something known as allergic facies now this is nothing but a high arched palate a narrow chin and an elongated maxilla now coming to the complications of allergic rhinitis uh, to enumerate them there is sinusitis nasal polyposis that is polyps developing in the nose serous otitis media in the ears because of constant negative pressure which is developed in the ears and pulling back of the eardrums causes a fluid to develop eventually and get stagnated behind the eardrum this is called serous otitis media uh, bronchial asthma can also be a complication of allergic rhinitis so um the ways to test allergic rhinitis uh, sometimes your ent surgeon will ask for a blood test and this is to know the this is just to judge the eosinophil count uh, the ige and iga levels if at all can be done also are very indicative of um, 
whether there is an allergic response and increase in an IgA level IgE level is uh, very typical of allergic rhinitis sometimes a nasal smear is also done and presence of eosinophils uh, in that is also suggestive of allergic rhinitis now there is a radio allergosorbent test which is also done a nasal allergen challenge test is also done and a skin prick test is done now skin prick test is also very important because uh, it's like a multiple different possible allergens are tested on your forearm and any of those allergens which give a hypersensitive reaction on that particular part of the forearm is the sure shot way of figuring out which particular substance you are allergic to now why exactly do we need to know which substance you are allergic to because the most important way to treat allergic rhinitis is to stay away from that particular substance and another reason to know which substance is responsible for the allergen uh, for the allergic reaction is because we have a uh, system known as immunotherapy wherein gradually in increasing doses we expose the patient to that particular allergen or that particular uh, allergen which is responsible for the allergic reaction and we increase the doses slowly so that eventually the total amount of immunoglobulin E which is primarily responsible for the allergic reaction reduces and it gets replaced by immunoglobulin G which is a different type of immunoglobulin but that does not cause the allergic reaction. Now this uh, allergen once identified can be administered uh, either subcutaneously that is injected uh, on a regular basis or sublingually that means the patient is asked to uh, place that allergen under his tongue and slowly in increasing doses for um, can extend from two months to four months for uh, initially followed by once a month for at least three to five years so it's a very long drawn process but it is known to give uh, a lot of good satisfying results now apart from this the treatment of allergic rhinitis uh, includes steroids which are topical steroids that means they are local application steroids inside the nose antihistaminics which are drugs which uh, stop the allergic reaction at a very early phase so the faster they are taken uh, the earlier in the stage of allergic rhinitis that they are taken the better it is um, there are also a certain other set of drugs like sympathomimetics um, sodium chromoglycate leukotriene receptor antagonists and anti-IG antibodies uh, which can also be given. However, let me stress on the fact again that uh, keeping your nose clean and preventing exposure to that particular uh, allergen or that particular product which is causing the allergic reaction which you are allergic to is the most important thing that you can do to prevent another attack of allergic rhinitis. So that's all I wanted to say about allergic rhinitis. Stay tuned for the next episode on Antina Podcast.